A man become preeminent, he's expected to have enthusiasms. 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 What am I? What draws my admiration? What is that which gives me joy? Baseball. Alrighty, folks, welcome back to the Pull Hitter Podcast. Rob D back on the mic at Dead Pull Hitter, coming through with another main event fab recap with Mr. Todd Whitestone from the SPStreamer.com family. As everybody knows, Todd writes a main event article recapping fab and the overall standings in the main event. And basically, we just run through it, highlight some players that um, were the highest bids, were bid on the most, and then we get into whether or not we try to add them to our rosters and what we think about the players and their relevance going forward and their effectiveness and yeah so we get a lot of fun out of it we get a lot of good um insight out of it we look at some trends from last year as well as pick out some players that were bid on this week last year so um cool to revisit some of the trends and look at some of the players that people were on last year compared to this year so um, yeah, so we do that and we get into a whole bunch more. So hope it, um, everyone finds these, uh, look backs kind of relevant and no matter what type of league you play in, kind of, um, get a little insight into who, um, is being added and, uh, and who's being added the most and for the most amount of free agent fake fab money. Um, so, um, yeah, it's exciting times, you know, baseball is kicking into gear there's a lot of things that are happening, <clears throat> you know, all the way around. So it's good to see, it. and uh, it's good to see everyone really going full force into the fantasy season. A lot of analysts doing some great stuff out there. So I hope you enjoy this podcast. All righty, folks, welcome back to the Pull Hitter Podcast. This is Rob DiPietro, the Dead Pull Hitter. I'm back here doing the weekly recap of the NFPC main event with my man, Todd Whitestone. Todd, what's up? Not too much, Rob. How are you today? Wonderful. Doing wonderful. It's a rainy, <laughs> shitty day here in the East Coast, but um, the right, Mets right. just won the first game versus the Giants, and I'm pretty excited. Okay. Um, you know, just, uh, you know, how uh, everyone likes to rag on the Mets fans, but it's exciting because, you know, new coach, um, continued development of some players, and I feel like it's a good group that stayed together for a while, and um they be, maybe beat up some lesser teams. Uh, I know people are quick to point out, you know, the uh, quality of opponents so far, but um, this is a big test. San Francisco Giants is pretty much the standard these days, right, for National yes, League yes. teams, Dodgers, Giants. So this is a huge test. And, you know, even if they do happen to, like, play well, take three out of four, you know, of course they'll still be, oh, the Mets are still the Mets, though, and <laughs> they won't be the Mets. But it just has a different feeling this year. I don't know what it is, like, yeah, I, I still see it, it, like a lot of like little mental mistakes with Lindor. Like today, he made some two lazy throws, but on top of that, he's hitting the ball better. It looks like he's he, he's being going back to being that electric power speed threat that we saw in Cleveland. And Alonzo just continuing to be not only a power hitter but like a contact 
like all fields type hitter. So it's exciting, you know, and I'm just, yeah. um, even without Pagram, I just, it feels different with Buckshaw Walter, you know, I don't know what it is. Yeah. He just, he's got a presence and the presence yeah, is yeah. there. And I think that magnifies in the, um, and, and just, just watching the game too, just Chris Bassett is just, not only is a great pitcher, but in the dugout, he's just constantly talking to players, constantly looking at his iPad, showing people things and, uh-huh, uh-huh. um, it's just good. It just feels yeah, yeah, a lot yeah. different so far. So I'm excited. So looking forward yeah. to seeing the second game. Um, and, you know, would be great to take off uh, a nice, you know, double header sweep. Got Mad Max going. And um, yeah, yeah, you got a good chance with Scherzer, I would think. Yeah. How do you feel about the Yankees so far? This, um, I mean, I they just had a, I, a series against the Orioles were kind of concerning to me. Yeah, I think uh, certainly I think the Mets are a better team right at the moment. And at the moment, yeah, anything can change. <laughs> well, yeah, but but I think the Yankees are are, are they're struggling uh, to to find their offensive stride. Um, number one, mm-hmm. and and number two, I don't think the idea that they don't really have a, a regular set infield, but sort of a rotation. I don't think is the best thing for everybody. Now they could have an injury and all of a sudden the whole point is moot, but I feel like, you know, they should just pick out their best players and just play them and not, not try to, uh, you know, play a guy five out of six days or four to five. You know, I think, uh, I think a guy like LeMahieu, for example, needs to play, be in there. I don't see why you're going to rest him every fifth day. Right. Um, Right. So you're, yeah. So you're saying like less movement, more of one guy being like more guys being staples, you know, and I know I saw, uh, you know, I talked to my brother about this too. He was wondering about, you know, why, you know, why does judge have to sit? It's still early, but it's so hard, right. You know, like, I don't know, the teams are looking at so much more than we are, you know, and and I I know with judge is like the body type and his tendency to get hurt. So do you, does he need that's to take a, a day off? Right? Yeah, that's I know. a little different. Uh, you know, he's he could uh, sort of break down from overuse a little bit. So right. I don't. Right. That's a little different than the infield thing. Um, but uh, Judge, I think, will be in there almost every day, or DHing if he needed to. Um, you know, so the problem I've had with the Yankees the last couple of years, Rob, has been, you know, they've even after they traded Sanchez. They still have a lot of guys that hit homers, but aren't great contact guys. Right. And, uh, you know, so that's, that sort of hurts them. You need more LeMahieu's. You need uh, more guys that sort of get their bat on the ball. Even Donaldson, he's a great power hitter, but I don't know he's a real good contact guy. Um, you know, Rizzo is a little better uh, at contact. Um, but, you know, I, I just feel like they, they need a little better mix. You know, I think the Mets have a better mix right now than the Yankees do. You need a couple of power guys, but you don't need seven. Right. There is you know. there is a lot. I mean, there's definitely have a lot of contact guys. Um, yeah, yeah. Non-contact I mean, guys in the Yankees, but yeah, I mean you know. Gallo. Gallo, look, he hits it a mile when he makes contact, but it's it's rough to have a two ten batter in there. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I guess they just traded Sanchez for like, uh, you know, another low batting average type. You know, it's really, yeah, I think, well, Donaldson is a better average guy. Oh, he's, yeah, he's 
very much better. Yeah. yeah but I, but, as but a team, still, they're still really has. Yeah, they that didn't change improved, the character yeah. of it. They didn't change the character of it. And Urshela was underrated. He was at least somewhat of a contact guy and he didn't play every day. But um, so they gave him up along with Sanchez. Um, so I think that they, you know, they're sort of nibbling around the edges. They're not like the Yankees of eight years ago where they're going for the big splash, you know, and trying to get the big free agent. You know, you saw with shortstop that, you know, they could have gone for, you know, a Correa or Story or somebody like that. And they said, no, we're going to get Isaiah Kiner-Falefa. We're going to get defense. We're going to wait for our rookie Volpe to come up in a year or two. You know, they're trying to sort of economize, which is not what they used to do. You know, they used to say, we can really need a shortstop. Let's go get one. You know, Especially seeing how the Twins signed Correa, they could Correa. have just repli- they could have just replicated that. Instead, they traded to make space for him and signed him. Yeah. <laughs> they traded to the Yankees, made space, and then signed him. Oh man, but, yeah, it's kind of weird. But anyway, kind of weird. All right, let's talk about some fab. And, yeah, um, yeah, we can talk about go, the fab first. Although I did want to, yeah, I want to get your thoughts on the uh, the offensive stats. For the Major League Baseball. Maybe we can do that first. Let's go. Yeah, talk about it. So in my article, for those that haven't read it, um, I, I produced the offensive statistics for all of Major League Baseball. Where can they read it? Let them know. Oh, uh, sorry. It's at spstreamer.com. It's a okay. free article, and it's a NFBC main event fab report. And uh, you can you can check it out. And, and in the first part of it, I talked about – the offensive stats through Sunday, which, uh, and I compared them to the full years from 2017 to 2021. And last year, for example, runs per game in Major League Baseball were 4.53. And this year up through Sunday was 4.16, which is really a huge drop. I mean, it maybe doesn't sound initially like it, but it is. And home runs are a big part of that. It went from 122, 1.22, per game to 1.00 and that's another huge drop batting average was 244 last year which is was low compared to previous years but this year is 233 so there's a couple of possible explanations I'd like to get your thoughts on it Rob one is that um, the the humidors that they put in all the parks last year could be having an effect that's mm. number one. That could be number two is that the major league baseball could have monkeyed with the ball yet again. And now it's the ball is not flying as far either. And the third idea that I came up with was with the rosters expanded uh, for all teams. A lot of teams are carrying like 16 pitchers. And so the starters are going like four innings. Then they bring in three or four relievers that all throw 90 plus. Mm. And I think that is hard for the hitters. Um, you know, they can't just say, well, we got to milk this, this starter through six innings. Right. Um, so I think all three are possible. I'd like to get your thoughts on it, but definitely for all people that are uh, in fantasy leagues, I think you've got to lower your expectations about your offensive stats uh, unless something drastically changes. Yeah, uh, it's definitely pretty worrisome. I know that in, I believe, in the first three weeks of last year, the average was pretty low as well. But I do think it it, 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 it does end up being a factor of all things. The fact that they can carry more pitchers, 
mm-hmm. and that they they could just maximize it. There's been um, quotes from several of the managers. Um, I think the last one I just read was uh, from an article Katie Wu um, wrote on on Ali Marmol of the 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 manager of the Cardinals, and he was explaining right. his usage of the bullpen in terms of a way to never let the uh, like when it goes late in games and especially extra innings to never let the other team empty the bench as often as they would like to by right. you know by maximizing um when to turn like when the when the top of the order is about to turn over and you and you um keep your pitcher out there and uh or make rotational moves that would allow the other team to like right. not maximize their pinch hitters either and right. so it, it's just you know, it's very analytical. And I do think that rolling out different pitchers um, is definitely helping that out. I think that when the bullpens are have to be a little smaller in a team roster size, it has to be a little smaller in the pitchers, as we saw last year when they had to go, you know, far, like further into games, wasn't yeah. as pretty as. Um, right, right. So I do think that's going to normalize. And I also think the weather will change too. I can't make a prediction about the balls or the humidor. I'm not smart no. enough to really know that. I, you know, I read several different opinions about it and I don't, I'm not smart enough to make a mathematical, like, Oh, that's from this situation, but it could yeah. have an effect, you know, it could be to several, like you said, the balls as well. Um, we yeah. have no idea what they're using, but I do think it'll get a little better, but um yeah, I think it's the biggest difference is for the pitching and the okay, amount of pitches right. they can carry as well. And I think know? the roster goes back down to normal size maybe early May. I'm trying to remember now. Yeah. Um, I think early May you have to go down to the regular roster size. So you have like just would... several guys coming in and just giving you their hardest throwing yeah. innings over yeah. and over, you know. Plus you have like instead of having just one or two lefties in the pen, you've got like four. And so yeah. you, you, whenever there's a tough lefty, you always have a guy to bring in. Um, so I don't know. I, I just was, I was a little bit surprised at this and, and I'll kind of follow it during the course of the year to see if there's any change. But right now I'm expecting that fantasy owners should have better pitching stats and worse hitting stats than they might've expected at the beginning of the season. That's interesting. Yeah. I guess, um, Maybe next week we'll have to look at some 80th percentile and how much it, it's yeah. off, you know? Okay. Yeah, Maybe I might take a that. look at that. Maybe uh, we could do that next week. We'll take a look at because I think it's still a little early. We, you know, we wanted things to get, start get cut, you know, start to add up. But I think, I think in the next, maybe next week we could look at that because okay. it might start making sense. We maybe can start, you know, gaining some insight into what, uh, you know, how far we may be off, you know? Who knows? Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Okay. Well, I'll make a note of that and maybe we'll take a look. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. So it's, uh, what are we in week three now? Right. Right. The third, the third bidding period of the main event in the NFC leagues. Uh, and I know last week we went over who went in the second week last year. So I just brought up who went in the third week last year. (laughs) Okay. Good. 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 You ready for some interesting names? Sure. Tyler Naquin, mostly uh, 42 leagues for a max of 318. Lou Trevino, 40 leagues, max 356. Big Lou, still around, still being relevant. Yes. Um, Corey Knable, 37 leagues, 201 max. 
Waska uh-huh. Yanoa, 36 for 145 max. Jed Lowry, 35 leagues, 149 max. Jacob Junis. Jacob Junis. Oh, my goodness. Oh my 35 leagues, 75 max. Um, and then Wade Miley, 34 leagues, 62 max. But he was a good pickup for like year round. Um, and then get this one Philip Evans, 32 <laughs> leagues for a 250 max. 250. I don't even know who Philip Evans is. Honestly. I, re- I remember <laughs> I do, I do. <laughs> what, what was he? Was he the, I think he was the Pirates last year, wasn't he? I think so. I think he was yeah, one he of the was, guys, the Pirates. Playing, yeah. He was playing every day and he was he had multi-position eligibility and he, he had a hot streak on top of that. But yeah, that goes to show you. I mean, sometimes these guys, you know, they just they're only relevant for a week or two. That's it. Right, right. It's really, really wild. Um, yeah. One more I'll throw out at you um, is Travis Straw. He was 26 leagues for a max, oh, yeah. of, max of 152. But it's so crazy. Because in the last week we mentioned Yerman Mercedes was one, was one of the highest bids. And he was again in this week against everyone who didn't, um, you know, draft him, uh, fab him in the previous week. Right, caught up. Right. But uh very, very interesting things to look at, but uh, I figured I I take you uh, take you on a memory. That's funny. That's funny. A memory stroll. Yeah. So well, so, right. well I, I think some of these guys might end up uh, being uh, throwbacks next year, but uh, but some of them, you know, are going to prove out to be really good additions. So the, yeah. the the difficulty is which ones, but we can go through the top ten widest pickups. Rob, and just see uh, what what you and I think about each of them. Um, sure. The guy that was the widest pickup was Taylor Ward, who Joe Madden says he's the regular outfielder, and he's not going to platoon the way that Adele or um, Brandon Marsh is going to. So he was picked up in all 47 leagues, $219 highest bid, highest winning bid, and 23 was the lowest winning bid. So what did you think about Taylor Ward? Did you did you like that pickup? I did like that pickup. I was um I didn't get him in in any leagues actually. A couple of my leagues I just had spots like uh it's hard to explain. Last year I think I did a lot of bidding on guys that I liked but I maybe didn't necessarily need for my team build. Maybe I already had a bench outfielder but I loved like 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 Ward would be an example. I had bench outfield covered uh-huh. and, you know, bidding on him when I don't really have a spot for him, but I, you know, but I really like the player. Um, right. I know. I know. What that's you mean. a hard thing yeah. to do. So he was one, of, he was that guy this week. I love Tyler Ward last year. Um, Taylor Ward, sorry. Last year I had him in, I think like four of my six draft champions. Okay. I loved him, you know, and this year I didn't, I, I think I only ended up getting him in one league. Uh-huh. Just thought, I just thought, uh, you know, even though I knew the skill set is there, I didn't know if he was going to have uh, a place on the team, you know? So I guess I just kind of was an afterthought, but I love his skill set and I love what Madden had to say about it. And uh, so, but I did not get him in any leagues. Right. Um, neither did I, neither did I. Unfortunately. Yeah. He, um, he was like a little out of my price range for the bids I put in for him when I did want to try to get him. Yeah. The time, and this is sort of a theme, Rob, because the top pickups 
might be good pickups that you and I like, but we're generally uh, the way that you and I fab, we're not going to be getting them in most cases because uh, with when people have eight, nine hundred dollars of fab, they're going to bid more than we're comfortable. Right. Um, you know, so you got to sort of accept it. And then maybe by week seven, eight, nine, we might be more in the mix for some of the top uh, additions of people that are available. Yeah. And um, yeah, uh, I think, you know, he, like I said, I think he's a good ball player. He already came back. He already yeah. has three hard hit balls, a barrel in, in, in 14 plate appearances. And, you know, he's got a stolen base and a court stealing already. So he's, he's out there, he's moving, he's hitting yeah. for power. Yeah. Yep. Definitely could be a big, t- and he, you know what, maybe I didn't factor in enough is, you know, just, I guess the possible, fragility of Mike Trout you know I think maybe it wasn't something I took enough into bidding for him maybe you know right. I don't know but uh I love him as a as a player I think he's gonna definitely help teams for sure going yeah, I agree I agree I, I'm not against him at all yeah I think he's got good skills so and especially yeah. if, Mad- if Madden likes him is gonna play him more than Adele and Marsh then Right. That gives him a, a boost as well. So right. He had a um his 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 median winning bid was sixty-nine bucks over okay. his his ad in every forty-seven leagues. So his highest was two nineteen. His lowest winning bid was twenty-three. Um, right, right. And his his uh average um his median backup bid was forty-six. So everything was really tight, you know. Um yeah. yep, really, yep. really tight bidding for him where he was uh you know. Um, sorry, I just got sidetracked by so I have this sheet up, you know, with um some of the players I you know I pulled like you know all the teams that bid on them and some of the team names just really sidetrack me every now and then, you know. You get a little you see the names and there's really if anyone just wants to to spend, you know, you don't have to rabbit hole down YouTube, you could rabbit hole just like go through the overalls and just look at the team names, you know. <laughs> I don't know if you've ever done that, but it's a good two um, minutes where you can really, really get okay. a good laugh. Yeah, I, I do look at the I look at the main event team names because that's what I'm following. I don't right. look as much. Uh, yeah, yeah, I don't look as much at the other ones, but yes. oh, it's just great. But even in the main event, there's just so many. Sure, you know, sure. you know, there's 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 music references, there's movies references, there's there's just <laughs> things that are off the wall. There's you know favorite names and. You know, for all like baseball terms, you know, like the not hole gang, you know, all these, yeah, yeah, there's, yeah. there's so many different things. And, uh, you know, it's fun to look at. But anyway, enough <laughs> of <that. laughs> all right. Anyway, so let's move on to the second guy who is Paul Blackburn, mm-hmm. Oakland pitcher, uh, who has been throwing harder than he had previously. Right. And he was added in 46 of the 47 leagues. I'm not sure if he was already owned in that last league, but. Um, he went for a high of two, two, four, and somebody got him for actually for three bucks uh, in a main event. Um, but what did you think of uh, Blackburn? Were you interested in him as a starting pitcher option? Yes, I was. Um, I did have some bids in for him. Not enough. I didn't um, didn't get him in any leagues. Uh, definitely was trying to. Um, just didn't. Okay. I guess didn't try hard enough. But. Um, yeah, I like what I see so far. Like you know, uh, like you noted the velo bump. Um, you know, one point eight ERA, uh, one point nine FIP. Um, so it's really showing. You know, across yep, the metrics. Yep. Um, 
strand rate's a little high, but not too far from average. But you know, great, great K rate, um, two percent walk rate. So his K K minus BB is like twenty three point seven percent, pretty solid. Mm-hmm. First strike mm-hmm. in there, swinging strike. So it looks good. It looks good. Um, yeah, even in the zone, in the zone contact, seventy three percent. So he's uh, pretty solid. You know, he's keeping the ball on the ground too. So everything looks really good in that park. You won't get. Um, you'll get some good stats too from those pitches. You just maybe right, won't right. get as many wins from the team. But um, yeah, I think he could be a useful pitcher until maybe his, uh, you know, his old self starts to come back and, you know, you can get a couple, at least a couple of three, you know, two, three good weeks, right. or maybe you can be rest of the season, you know? Or maybe, maybe you just yeah. spot him against uh, some of the middle or weaker teams. And then uh, right. that would be, that'd be enough. You don't have to start him against the Dodgers if they assuming they play the Dodgers or whatever. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he um, his um, median winning bid was forty two and a half bucks, and the median backup was twenty and a half. So again, some okay. really contested bids. Um, his high was two twenty four. He had three in the three over a hundred. So um, he could yep. be he he could be a difference maker. We could see you know a totally different skill set than we have, yes. and he can he could be followed, solid going I, forward. I agree. Uh, number three on our list was Owen Miller for Cleveland. Mm. Now. Uh, Miller, I thought of in the past as more of a sort of a contact guy, an infielder, a second baseman, but apparently he's playing first base and then something about putting him at first base got him to think about hitting, driving the ball more. So he's, his, his hitting stats are actually looking much better than they had previously. Um, and he was added in 46 leagues for a high of 137. Damn. The, lowest, the lowest winning bid was 27. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, I, when I talked to James Anderson, who's my main event partner, he, he was interested in Miller. We didn't get him, but he thought that Miller, uh, was showing some improved skills and thought maybe that this could stick around. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know how I feel about Owen Miller. The one, I guess the one thing that really stands out is the 545 BABIP. Um, you know, that's, that's, that's pretty crazy. Um, yeah, yeah, I agree. His, his, his ground ball rate is, is, uh, three, three above average. So he's 45%. So he, you know, he's hitting grounded. So, you know, that Babbitt might stay kind of high, but that is really, really high. Um, another thing I didn't like, he definitely great contact guy, like you mentioned, zone contact, 90%, regular contact, 90%, but the O swing is 38 percent that's almost seven percent above the league average or below however you want to look at it so he's reaching um i don't know how much um his uh so his outside contact contact outside his zone is 81 percent the league average is 61 percent so i just think that he's got a lot of things going his way that will get very average very quickly and um he's not a he's not a um hard hit guy either you know i think his max ev so far in the mlb is like 107 or 108 um so i don't know and and i think josh naylor coming back um bobby bradley hasn't played as much owen miller's kind of taken it over but they do funky things you know they get they try to get yu chang a lot of time and they try to just they try to do things that i don't know right but i just 
I guess it depends on where they put Naylor most of the time, you know, and if they just want it, you know, to help his leg by keeping him at first, I don't know if Miller gets as much run and I don't know if he keeps this a lot of, you know, good luck up. I agree. I agree. I mean, I think there's like one or two more guys in Cleveland than they really need. So mm. are they going to, what are they going to do with Ahmed Rosario? And, Everyday um, player. That's not okay. Even, okay. He's, but they the, put him, he's the one guy, you know, I mean, him and J Ram, they got it. But they that. put him in the outfield, Rob, on one day and he uh, couldn't even catch a fly ball. But uh, so I don't know what they're doing. I don't know what their plan is. It's not that yeah. I don't like Rosario. Thankfully but, that project is done though. He hasn't okay, played. Okay. He hasn't played got, outfield since that day. Yeah. That was right, opening okay. day. Yep. They got Naylor. They got Mercado. They got Miller. So, I mean, I, James liked uh, Miller because he, his theory was he, a few more games at first and he'll have first and second eligibility, which is nice. Pretty solid. You have, mm-hmm. you have corner middle. Um, and if he's going to survive the, the other guys like Mercado, then maybe he can have a more the, pretty regular role. But, right. uh, but anyway, we bid on him. We didn't get him. Uh, I think, I think it could work out. I'm not going to say it's a guarantee though. I don't think this is, this is a, 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 a cinch or anything. Um, right. Then the next guy was Santiago Espinal, who is, uh, he's get, getting regular time at second base, I think, for Toronto, even though in the NFBC he's eligible at third. Um, so he probably will also have corner middle eligibility shortly. Um, he went for a high of one-on-one and a low of five. I didn't really bid heavily for him because I didn't need a uh, corner which is where I would consider using him. Um, how about you? Did you consider going after him? He's in a very good lineup at, in Toronto. Yes, I um, I got him in my main event for thirty three bucks. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, um, I actually dropped. Beyond... Yeah, yeah, it, it was maybe a little more than I wanted to. I should have done it the week before. Because I saw the trend changing. I saw Biggio getting less time. Espinal was playing every day. Um, I liked the Andy schedule for the week, so I wanted to keep him and keep another first baseman on the team, too, and that yep, dual eligibility. Yep. But I kind of liked Espinal more for the rest of the season with the playing time bump that he got. Um, so, like I said, I think I went a little higher because of – uh, the fact that I knew that everyone was starting to see the same thing, you know, like, and, and he, he, not only that, he's just really changed his hitting profile a little bit. You know, he's uh, came into, he did the old best shape of his life, or uh-huh. Uh-huh. I don't know if it's technically best shape, if you just technically put on weight, but, um, right. <laughs> but uh, you know, he looks stronger. He looks stronger. Yeah. Um, and he, he but I, don't, I don't think you overbid Rob. I, I don't think that's a, that's too heavy of a bid. No. Yeah, I know. I just, I, I guess because, you know, of course, you know, who got him for the cheapest was Phil for five bucks. That just happens. <laughs> That's just the way it always, you know, it's like, Phil okay. So our yeah. buddy Phil do so. Yeah. He, he got him for the only single digit price for, um, okay. Espanol. so yeah, I mean, his median, um, winning bid was 42. So yeah, I was, I was below it. So I feel good about it. Even, even his runner up, his runner up median bid was 24. So, um, you know, I guess I was right around where I had to be to, you know, to know, to get, him, you know, so, um, I'm pretty, I'm pretty happy about that. I had him 
Um, the funny, I had him in an online championship and in my auction team from the previous week. So again, it was more like I wanted him last week uh, on my one main event. I wasn't, I didn't need, I did, didn't do the move last week, but I made sure to okay. get him this week. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I like him. Was, I like him. Yeah. I think, I think he hit, he's, um, he's already had um, uh, three, three, I think of his five hardest hit balls. Um, okay. And it, it okay. is. Herrera came in the first three weeks. So I just like, like the power that he's added to the amazing contact skills, you know? Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah. And like you said, in the lineup and he is about to, he's still a second base, but he's also about to gain second base as well. So yeah, another so second base, third base kind of, you know, thing like you were looking at with Owen Miller. So I like it. Okay. That's good. That's good call. So now the, the next guy, Malkiel Franco, who's playing mm-hmm. third base for Washington. Yes. Um, now he he's come out of the gate hot. I think he was 10 for 27 in his first 27 at bats. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, which I don't think he's going to keep up based on his past history, but he went for cheaper. His highest winning bid was 67. Somebody got him for only a dollar. Um and I think our, our buddy Phil Dussault actually has him on a couple of his main event teams. Um, but anyway, he's, he's really hitting well. Do you think Franco can continue or, or you think he's going to go back to more like a 250 batter? Um, I think he's just going to do a typical Franco season, you know, which right, right. is just play. He, you know, I think that's one thing that we've seen from him when he lands on a team, he plays, you know, he, yeah, sure. he's in the shortened season with the Royals he played all 60 games. Right. You know, yeah, um, yeah. you can, you can, you can lean on that last year. He signed, I think a little later, but um, still played a, a lot of games with Baltimore. But, um, and I think this is the team, like, I don't see any, there's, there's nobody pushing him out. You know, I think the only way he, he gets some, challenge is if maybe Luis Garcia forces his way up and mm-hmm. moving somebody over somewhere, you know, um, right. and he is hitting the ball well in the minors. I think the last time I checked. So, you know, um, I don't know, but I think in the meantime, it, this is just PT all day. This is just, I mean, sorry. Well, yeah, This is just plug him in, get, get a great amount of at-bats every single week. And yeah, that, yeah. you know, and that counts. That counts. Definitely. Definitely. It's, it's a good, it's a good ad. And, uh, you know, it's, it's certainly a cheap solution to third base where we were saying, all saying at the beginning of the year, oh, you know, third base is the weakest position, but uh, here's a, here's an option that may be free agents in a lot of leagues and it could solve somebody's third base problem. Um, yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. And the funny thing is right now his, his, his K rate is like, um, usually he's about 16%. He's at 23 and a half. So, but again, a short, short sample that can yeah. shoot back down. But so even his normal profile of, uh, striking out more is, um, not really hurting him right now. So, so um, well, he's 10 for 27. So I think yeah. he's, uh, uh, I don't think he's going to keep that up, but whatever. Um, Jake Diekman is the next guy. He's the, you know, in the closer mix in Boston, uh, 185 for the highest winning bid, $1 for the lowest. Um, who knows how this Boston thing is going to play out. You got Barnes, who seems like he's not 100%. You got 
Hansel Robles, uh, who's in the mix too. And then you got a few other guys, uh, sort of the secondary options. Uh, did you think Diekman was going to get a share of the saves or what, what's your position on it? No, I, uh, I sounded like Marissa Tomei there. No, it doesn't <laughs> hold water. No, um, the defense is wrong. Yeah, the defense is wrong. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh my God. Sorry, Jake Diekman. I didn't mean to, uh, I know he, <laughs> he went to, um, uh, got involved with Codify, you know, the guys that show the pitch. The, the pitch heat maps, I think that helped Liam Hendricks, uh-huh. you know, kind of uh, they give them a game plan on heat maps for them and for the opposing um, hitters. So I think he went there and because I saw them tweeting about him that he, you know, kind of changed his approach a little bit and he should be a different pitcher. But, you know, um, I just I don't think it's anything at Deakman. I just think that he's not a guy that I'm going to be starting to hope for a save you know i right, think I, I i try not to do that as much as i can there's some guys where i kind of do it with like to start the season with second rider you know it's like all right you know let's see what i can get mm-hmm. let's see if he gets in there and got one opportunity and was good but then kind of seemed like it was castillo for a little bit and i just you know there's a point there's only so long and so many weeks that you could try that you know exactly. um and 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 keep rolling that out um but with Diekman, I think that's what you're going to get. You know, he, he pitches like every four days too, which doesn't really help. He's only probably going to get a couple, you know, a couple innings a week max, but mm-hmm. I think it's Robles right now with Barnes at least trying to work his way back in. I think they're going to give him the opportunity if he can get, I think his velo is starting to tick back up a little bit per, like per each, each um, outing that he goes and uh, I think he'll get the opportunity to get his job back or just be at least in the mix. And it's just another guy. And okay. like we discussed last week, I really think Whitlock will see a lot of two, three innings, you know, saves. I think they, they eventually they move Whitlock into the rotation though. Um, yeah. That could be a possibility too, with how efficient he's been. Yeah, um, I think he, he's like their third or fourth best starter at least. Um, but anyway, I, I'm holding, I'm hoping for that because Whitlock, I'm, I got in a, a three league. So, nice. um, so David Peterson, your boy from the Mets, uh, he was added in 30. Did you, sorry, weeks. but did you get Deakman? I see your name in there. Is that you? I did, I did, uh, we got oh, him man. once uh, for $30. Talk, I think I'm talking shit about your guy. My bad. No, no, no. I, what do you I, see I think, in Deakman? What do you, what's your position here? I, like, are you, my gonna, position in Deakman yeah. is that he's, one of two main options to get saves. I'm not so big on Barnes getting it back. Mm, I think okay. there's something. Yeah. I think there's something wrong with Barnes. I think he's got a back. Right, that's not team. nice. Oh, okay. All right. That's... Oh, no, no. He's, he's nothing wrong with it. He's a very nice guy. <laughs> Physically. <laughs> but, uh, but 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 I think his back is bothering him, Rob. And you know that's not good yeah. for a relief pitcher. Um, you know, not good for anybody. Both, no, no, that's true. So, so then you're down to Robles and Diekman, and I think if uh, if there's a lefties coming up in the ninth inning, I think they would go to Diekman. I don't think it's like Robles is the guy. Got it. Um, so that's that's the play there, and it was I think it was a league that we really needed saves because we had Blake Trinan, which did not uh, was not the best draft pick in the history of fantasy sports. Um, but anyway. Um, uh, we'll see how that works out. We might hold him and see if he actually is in the mix or not. Um, okay. Okay. David Peterson, though, he looks like he's going to be in the rotation. I think 
he looks pretty good and he's pitching at a good home park for, for starting pitchers. Um, how, how do you feel about him? Do you think he's going to be a solid option that you can sort of roll out there most weeks? I do. I like, I like David Peterson. Um, I was just watching him pitch. Um, I like what he brings to the mound. I think, um, I think that they need him to get out there. And mm-hmm. uh, I think that he will provide a pretty good, you know, option for you at least to be, you know, I think he's um, just going to be a pitcher that you're going to be able to keep on your bench and, and, and instead of streaming the wire, stream him in, you know, so, yeah, yeah. and I think he'll provide you with some, some solid games to do that, you know? Okay. Okay. That's fair. Yeah. And then what, what about Josh Stalmont? People were saying that, they think uh, Barlow is going to be the high leverage reliever and Stallman's actually going to get the saves. D- did you think that that's a, a reasonable outcome and is worth a, a strong bid because he would get more of the saves than anyone in KC? Yeah, I mean, his, uh, his medium winning bid was 62 bucks. So five leagues where he went for 100. Um, mm-hmm. No, you know, Saris was really big on it. He was talking on his podcast about how you know, he, you know, this is, uh, I guess, one of the cool things about having a stuff model like that. He saw something that, you know, triggered him to think that he was going to be taken over again. So um, it's just so, t- you know, it's tough. It's tough. I know, I think he yeah. was given the opportunity last year to, you know, to start off a year. I believe it was his, you know, they, right. Um, so, and, and he has forever been, you know, their closer in waiting. Um, yeah. So it could very well be the switch they make. You know, I know that, um, again, they fall into the category of possibly mixing around also. So I don't know how much more he does get if he does start getting the chances. Yeah. Yeah. If it's a 50 50 thing, you know, um, that's valuable too. If it's, if he's getting half the saves. Then, yeah. No, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So we'll see. But I think, yeah, there are definitely people that are buying into it if they're bidding up to a uh, hundred and more fab dollars. Yep. Yep. I agree. Then uh, also in Cleveland, we mentioned him earlier, Oscar Mercado. Um, you know, he was hot for a while. He's hit, I think three homers um, and he went for a high of 81, a low of three. Um, but he's part of the squeeze in playing time. It, will he win out is the question when Naylor is there and, you got Miller and everybody in the infield. Um, what do you think? Did you did you think Mercado was worth bidding on? Um, yeah, I don't know. He's, he he's just another guy that I yeah. think that just is. I think that a lot of it is still the what if, right? The what if right. of Oscar Mercado. He showed it. He 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 showed it the one year. He was fantastic. So, um, it, again, it's just, I don't know. It's just uh, the skills aren't translating super much underneath the hood, right? Yeah, you know, I mean, yeah, still I striking out a ton, um, still reaching a ton, uh, no walks. It's a, it's a tough profile. It's, it's, it's more of, um, you know, right now it's just more of uh, him just turning, even his pull percentage is, is, is off and it's, almost at the 60%. So he looks like he's just making that turn for that, you know, that power, you know, just he's set off the power, 
even more than he ever did, I think. So um, yeah, yeah. he might be able to keep that home run output up if he keep pulling the ball and hitting it, you know, hard down the line. But um, yeah, not really. You know, I wasn't. Okay. Yeah, I wasn't. We weren't big on him. I think we put him near the bottom of a couple of waterfalls. But Did you get him? No, we didn't get yeah. him anywhere. So uh, I think he's got he's got a lot of things that need to happen in order for him to play regularly. That was that was the way I looked at it. Yep. And then the last guy in the top ten was Jonah Heim, catcher. Uh, He had homered twice in the last three games. I think both homers came in the same game, if I recall. Mm. Um, Anyway, he went for high of seventy-seven and a low of one. I think this is partly due to it's a fifteen-team leagues and everybody needs two catchers and might people might be rostering. A poor second catcher, so they're looking for anything. But what did you think of this, Heim? Did... I think it's a lot for uh, a catcher. You know, um, yeah. I don't know. I was I was more of the go after Zach Collins type, and um, yeah. you know, yeah. uh, he's playing more than John. Jonah Heim has played in, in in four of the games so far um, right. out of the what are they? Four, one, two, three, four, ten. So um, it's not, yeah, yeah, it's not a lot, you know, Uh, Zach Collins has started the last four games for the Blue Jays um, at catcher and DH today, batting fifth, which is crazy. I mean, see that? Well, there you go. But um, yeah, uh, I don't know. I I like Jonah Heim. You know, he was like a a good DC target for me this year, but I just think that money, that much money toward a catcher, you better be looking at a, a good um, one, yeah. a majority of the of of the PT type of guy, you yeah, know, because yeah. I think you could spend seventy seven on streaming the best catcher every week, you know, for exactly. the next several weeks, you know. Yeah, I could support it if you know somebody got him for ten or fifteen dollars. I think yeah. that's fine. Yep, yep. Uh, I think the people that went over fifty again, I just think it was not necessary, and 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 he's not the majority catcher yet. So maybe maybe he will be. I don't know. Right. Um, Okay, so then the one of our favorite features, Rob, is the wow bit of the week. And, um, you know, this week it was pretty amazing that Matt Manning was the wow bit of the week for $475. Oh now, every year there's a couple of bids that I think might have been just a mistake. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not sure. I mean, Manning was added in six other leagues, but the high of the other leagues was 79 so maybe the person put in wanted to put in 47 and just hit five at the end. So it's a good reminder to be careful about your typing. But mm-hmm. um, but anyway, uh, Matt Manning has a shoulder issue right now. So I don't think I'm not even really inclined to bid on him myself at all. But certainly this was one of the more surprising highest bids of the week. Yeah, definitely surprising. I actually dropped Matt Manning in my main event. Um, I, toward the end of spring training, I kind of like what I saw from him. I Uh saw some different stuff in the stat cast to his, to his previous averages. And, um, you know, I said, oh, well, if, if this is a change that's real, you know, and he could sustain it, having it be for a top, you know, pedigree pick, it could be something good. So I think in my last um, online championship in my, in my one main, I took him, you know, right. targeted him in my last draft championship to, to just targeted him, you know, later on. And 
I said, oh, this could be a, a, a good, you know, pick that pays off if if this is real. Didn't really turn into sustained uh, stuff during the beginning of the season. And maybe we see why. Maybe we, we know why because of the shoulder injury, you know. Um, but, yeah, I dropped them. I didn't want to wait and hold on. And there wasn't, like, really lights out production. But right could be attributed to the injury. I don't really know. But. I didn't want to wait, you know. Plus, I picked up the double start stud that is known as Cole Irvin. Well, then you can't, you got no room for Manning if you got a guy like that. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Uh, yeah. That's I could, I, I was really, I was really attracted toward the, um, toward the double start. I'm not always just chasing double starts, but I just loved it being versus Baltimore and Texas, you know, yeah, those are good. Both, those are good. both at home, you know, so. Um, kind of like that. And actually he was pretty happy with that price because I think he went for pretty decent. His, actually, yeah, his median winning bid was 18 bucks. He went as high as 134 to Clay Link, actually. Um, and as low as a buck, but um, I was happy to get him for that eight dollar bid. He, he was on a post. Two, two bids over one hundred dollars for Urban. Yeah, two of them. Yep. 101 and 134. Uh, one guy dropped Yar- Ryan Yarbrough for him. Um, it's interesting. Right. A lot of guys right, dropped right, right. Um, But yeah. Um, so I I kind of like Carl Oven this week. Um, hopefully he gives me two good we'll starts. See, we'll see. Uh, I was a little worried about the weather in San Francisco Bay mm-hmm. Area. Uh, that that might cost him his second start. But Interesting. But, uh, interesting. Look at you. I mean, I'm not as good as that. God. Well, I did. I hear heard it on a podcast. So I, I can't claim I did. Wow. All right. But he, All he right. might he might get it in anyway. Uh, who, what do I know? I'm not a weather weather reporter. Um, uh, anyway, I didn't get him anywhere, but I hope he gets two starts from you. Um, then I do have a chart in here about the I won't we won't read them, but there were 27 players that got at least one bid over one hundred dollars. And then there were. Uh, I think there were 10 that got, uh, no, eight that got bids over 200. Um, and they're all listed here on the chart. So you can see who attracted the highest dollar amounts. Um, and then I also have a chart, uh, Rob, uh, as you know, about the total fab run. Uh, and and main event owners have spent a, a total, an average of $127 in the first three fab runs. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's significantly lower than last year where it was 183. Okay. So, okay. Uh, I think yeah. uh, people are holding back a little, maybe partly because there haven't been as many splashy uh, rookies coming up. Uh, there was Josh Lowe, but there wasn't any others. And the closers, there hasn't been like a, a closer that's been like, this guy is definitely the new closer. And I wonder too, like Todd, I think, just 2020 with the eight weeks to spend a thousand, you know, fab dollars kind of right. messed with people's heads in the first couple of weeks of 2021, yeah. almost yeah. like, Oh, uh, you know, I remember when I've been on this, you know, on this first closer, like last year, right. but it wasn't really different. I don't know. I know. I mean, being a new player, I had to remind myself that too. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I agree. People might've been uh, a little overzealous at the beginning. Um, but uh, so it, all the stats are there for the first three fab runs in my article. And then um, I don't know if you want to uh, go through briefly the overall uh, uh, standings for the main yeah, event. Before, before that, I had a couple of things that I wrote down that I sure. wanted to uh, 
Um, actually, well, while with oh man, before I get into that though, Garrett Cole, an inning in two thirds, and he's out of the game. Wow, 68 pitches, five walks. Wow, what is happening? I don't know. I mean, he's still like, even in his last game, though, he was still getting whiffs, still getting whiffs in the zone, right? You know, like, I don't know, but it's just different, 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 different. They're, um, they're. What well, I haven't didn't turn the game on, but uh, I just saw, I just saw I just saw a text from um, <laughs> I'll uh, I'll I'll let you know it, it was uh, Toby Baffled Crazy. He sent into yeah. our uh, Discord chat. Garrett Cole's gonna make me quit fantasy baseball. <laughs> and well, uh, <laughs> but I think I think the weather was is supposed to be lousy in Detroit tonight. Maybe that's part of it. Uh, I don't know. All right, all right. Right. I don't know. It's just a guess. It's just a guess, but certainly not a good outing for him. I mean, he's supposed to be the number one uh, overall starter. Right. Right. Um, so Luther talking about the average, you know, winning bid that the, the main event fantasy players are, are bidding on and spending. Um, I saw a cool little chart um, on Twitter by uh, Mr. Gecko, Gecko at Gecko yes. Industries. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, if anyone wants to follow at G-E-K-K-O Industries um, on Twitter, and he is giving us some info on winning bids for main event online championships. Um, the one cool little one that caught my eye was the percentage of split between pitcher and batter for the first three weeks. So in week one, 47% pitcher, 53 batter. Week two, 50-50. This week, 59 pitcher, 41 hitter. So yeah. interesting that it's pushing up. If I had to guess on this, I kind of think that a lot of teams are already in that streaming for a specific position and for short, shortened weeks type of thing. So the bids on the batters are starting to get a little more n- nuanced toward corner infield who's playing a good Friday to Sunday, you know, et cetera, et cetera. So yeah. you'll get more of the smaller bids that way as for uh-huh. maybe the first two weeks trying to get like an impactful bat. Um, and I think uh-huh. for pitching is the reverse because this is just the way I'm thinking at least is now I'm like a little more confident in, in maybe bidding up on a pitcher that I think for rest of the season might be um, a good ad, you know, yeah. as for yeah. like seeing him for a couple of times, you see him two stars and you're like, okay, maybe this changes real and you feel better. You feel more confident and you're bidding more, but um, nonetheless, I thought it was uh pretty pretty interesting chart and he also had a pretty cool chart with it broken down between um positions which was also pretty cool to see the difference in outfielders and you know middle infielders catchers um so it's pretty cool um i just thought it'd be cool to mention that because i like seeing those charts uh kind of blends in a little bit with what we're talking about here so and um and actually just wanted to um, just run through my ads real quick if you want to discuss sure. them. Sure. Uh, and, and tell me what you think. Yeah, main event ads. Uh, I already told you I uh, picked up Espinal and I dropped Yandi Diaz. Um, and also on that team, I picked up Spencer Howard and dropped Chris Stratton. Um, hmm. Yeah, I don't know. Just I picked them up for the hopes of some saves, but they they average like 30 saves a year. And right. I don't know when they're coming. I don't know if he's going to split them for sure. It's just, again, I, I didn't want to um, play these guys with the hopes all the time, you know, and just rather 
uh, throw in some starters and get some K's right now and, and, and you know, try to bid up saves later. Like, as the weeks go on, just try to, you know, attack it more um, later on right. in the season instead of attacking, like, unknown, you know, bullpens. Uh, so that's what I did in my first main event. My second main event, um, I scooped up. Um, again, that's when I lost Taylor Ward, um, but I had him for 27, which I lost. But uh, I got ended up getting Paven Smith for seven bucks. Okay. Um, okay. I honestly thought he was going to have a, a, a regular four game, you know, slate before he got turned into a doubleheader today, which he didn't play the first one. So I actually ended up benching him, which I picked him up specifically to start him for that Monday to Thursday with the four <laughs> games. So um, okay. that's just how it happened. Sometimes I dropped JT Brubaker and picked up Tyler Wells on the Baltimore Orioles. Yeah, um, yeah, that's a good. I just one. liked what he's showing in 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 his first couple starts, and I liked the fact that you know he was a successful starter in the minors, and so you know he popped off in um, a couple of the stuff models that Eno put out there in the pitching bot, mm-hmm. which is like my new one. I like to follow. I don't really know exactly what goes into these things but hey you know so sometimes <laughs> but you know but you can see it i'm just like monitoring the the um player breakdowns on baseball savant game by game and his movement and and, and his feel just looks good you know and he's missing bats so well, i'm hoping he gets stretched out to five and and uh you know start start getting a chance at uh getting wins because i think his skills are gonna catch up and that was my caller and drop matt manning um okay yeah okay. so That's and good... um let's see my auction league which Todd in third overall, Todd. Third. Beautiful, beautiful. It's all right, though. It's very early, and it's, I'm going to be in last soon. But no. I, uh, again, dropped Chris Stratton for a $1 Zach Collins. So, okay. Um, pretty okay. interesting league. I've, I've spent $1 in three. <laughs> he was my first ad of, of the year. Okay, that that's league. good. That's a good sign. That's a good uh, sign. Yeah, I just never see an immediate upgrade. Do you know how long you spend on? who you want to pick up in fab, right? Have right. you ever just spent minutes thinking about, is it bad that I haven't spent this? You know, like, no, it's you not, know, it's not as uh, good. I just, yeah, I know. I overthink it all, you know? So I'm just thinking, am I too being too idle? You know, who knows? But yeah, uh, that's, uh, that's how I feel about that. But, okay. and, and also a couple of, um, of the other ads I, that I just wanted to mention, I kind of like notable, interesting was like Ronji Contreras, um, it was scooped up mm-hmm. in 31 leagues first, mm-hmm. a high of 74. Um, you know, I, I hope that he gets a chance to start, you know, because I think his, his skills are, are really, really, really good, you know? So, yep. um, yep. Another yeah, guy that I wanted to talk about, Todd, was Hector Norris on the Astros. Sure. Um, sure. He went for as high as 173, but his 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 median winning bid was 102, and the median backup runner-up bid was 73 and a half. So uh, it went for as low as 47 bucks. So people paid up to get him. They paid, they, and, you know, people who back, had backup bids that were healthy bids didn't get him. So yeah, sure. um, I, the only bold prediction i made this year with that oh, yeah. was going to be the closer for the that's astros right. i don't right. i don't hope he gets it this way but um you know i don't like to see that because... well there were 12 bids over a hundred dollars for Nerys yeah week. yeah i mean i like his stuff he's been really good and i think the astros are definitely going to get even more out of him for a guy who had 100 uh-huh. strikeouts last year out of the pen sure. but um you know it could be short-lived, you know like presley comes you never back know. yeah you never know you never know it's it's you it's, never know 
it could be a you know a big waste of money or it could be a league changer for you. No, no, I think if Presley, if Presley does have you know real knee problems or you know his velo has been down, so it could be something, you know. Um, I don't know, but interesting bid nonetheless. I like those. There were a couple guys that I I picked up that weren't sort of the top of the line uh, pickups. Yeah, let me hear your bids. So you got this week. Uh, mine, the guys that I picked up that aren't on everybody's lips were um, Spencer Strider for Atlanta. Uh, He's not in the rotation, but uh, he's showing good, really good skills, and I think Mm. they are sort of stretching him out. So I think he's worth at least keeping an eye on. Absolutely, and, that, and uh, Waskar is uh, got sent down today, right? Right. I know they called up Tukey, but still, still. Well, they called up Tukey, and they also said that I think they indicated that Elder was going to be a full timer in the rotation. But I'm not so big on his skills, so I what think Strider. You, Todd, what if you get like Garrett Whitlock at a Strider? Is that a well, guy that you kind that's of? It. That's it. Yeah. That's what you want, right? That's what I want. I mean, I'm going for guys. I think I mentioned to you last week. I'm going for guys like Whitlock, um, Strider. Uh, I, I had Aaron Ashby on quite a few teams mm-hmm, mm-hmm. before he was on the rotation. Like it. So I think guys like that are a good way to go. I would urge everybody to sort of be uh, vigilant on the guys that are pitching three or four innings but are getting stretched out. Not the, not the uh, one-inning, sixth-inning guy. Right. But the uh, the three inning, fourth inning guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, so I I went for Strider, and the other guy I picked up, which maybe is more of a long shot, is Danny Jimenez. Okay, uh, Oakland. Mm-hmm. Oakland. Oh. Uh, he's uh, I think he's second in line behind Lou Trevino, and uh, he might get a chance with Trevino's on the COVID IL. Uh, but anyway, he might he might actually be in the mix more than just Trevino getting all the saves. So those are the two guys that I just wanted to mention because they were they're not sort of on the top of any lists. Um, I I I I like that, Todd. You, you you're really making a move there. That could be a solid move. You know, um, it could be. It could yeah, be looks looks pretty interesting. Um, but if I can make another n- note on the Strider thing, I think you're right. I think it's, I think you have to pay attention to the usage, to the piggybackers. You know, they're showing right. patterns. The pattern, there's some, it's not going to happen every single time, but there right. are patterns out there. There's also teams saying, you know, Whitlock will come in after Hill every game or such and such. Or, you know, you can kind of look at the pitching charts and see, you know, okay, so, you know, Strider is following maybe this pitcher or this pitcher. And if you could find other pitchers like that who yeah. are kind of following a specific handedness too, you know, yep. Um, yep, yep. I, and I think the, I think the, um, the guys at Believer Recon um, really do a good job. Uh, a shout out to the bullpen guru who's part of that group, but he really has a good uh, vision of when you'll see guys like Tyra Anderson come in and, you know, uh-huh. and, and just get, it's kind of like the Yarbrough good season that he had, right. When he followed so much and it was a consistent, you know, it was high chance of wins coming in the you know the right. third inning right. and, facing maybe a team that already planned to face a righty you know who knows it's just just different so 
if I could give everyone a tip on that, it's just definitely something yeah. to look at because I think these innings can be beneficial to your team. If you use them the right way, obviously can't be a team full of Chad Greens and Spencer Striders, no. but you could put them in spots, you know, definitely. where if you, yeah. if you have a rough, if you have a couple of starters with rough uh, schedules, you know, um, and so the three things I'd look for, Rob, are uh, if they're pitching on a good team, number one, if they are, have good skills and can actually strike out batters when they're in there, and that they might be getting stretched out uh, for the future rotation. So uh, that's, those are the things that I try to check off. And I think all those three pitchers fit that particular bill. Um, so anyway, that, that's, uh, that's what I did, right or wrong. Um, mm -hmm. I like it. Okay. Uh, so in terms of the uh, main event standings, uh, Scott Fleming is your overall leader as of Sunday. Um, and then Bo Reed and Douglas Gruber, who's a, you know, Fantastic player. He's a, he's yep. Fantastic player. Chris Fessler is in fourth. He's also a, a highly known commodity, very strong. Um, then Chris Reed, Richard Briskin, but then our buddy Brian Slack, who's always up near the top, is in seventh place. Um, and Mike the Mouth at uh, in eighth, uh, Mike Masato. Uh, he's a very strong player. And then uh, if you drop down to 10th, there's Tyler a Young. Strong player in what? Just he told me that he was very good. He's strong. He, he may be strong at like doing a, you know, some <laughs> like a military press, you know, like a shoulder. Okay, press. okay. okay. Nah, I love Mike. I, I doubt right. he's listening, but just in case he is, in he's a good he guy. Is. Mike, Mike, right. he's uh, he does a lot of good for the NFBC and for the fantasy yeah, community. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he, he's a long time. Yeah, long time just being at both of the, you know, at both of his uh, at his draft, you know, um at the at the ultimate this year in new york he he really goes out of his way to make sure everyone's happy and, and yeah you know, he just just like does above and beyond you know so but yeah, uh, yeah it's good to see him up there you know he's but good always and, uh, always rooting for our boy brian slack you know that's brian slack is brian yeah and, yeah I'm and then for him. tyler tyler young is in 10th already you know he was way up there last year he had i think two or three teams in the top 20 last year mm -hmm. so he's He's no, uh, he's no easy guy to beat as, at, at all. Um, and then I have the rest of the top 20. I wouldn't read off the names, but, um, you know, I did want to mention, first of all, Rob, you were in 22nd place in the main event as of Sunday night. So congratulations to you. And then uh, I think because I gave Phil Dassault a hard time uh, mm -hmm. after his first week, he, he pulled himself up. He's already in 32nd. So I don't know. He couldn't really win the same way he won last year, could he? Um, I don't know. That would be uh, hopefully, hopefully at least he takes a little time to get up to first instead of like just dominating uh, from week four. Um, but anyway, he's he's doing well. He's got a, a few teams behind that that are also contending. Um, and then I also uh, showed, as I usually do, the 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 47 leagues, the top three players in the 47 leagues. I won't try to summarize them, but there's a lot of guys that have multiple uh, top three places right now. And uh, you can see a lot of really strong players um, littered throughout these uh, names and just reminds you what a good bunch of players do the NFBC main event. I mean, it's it's hard to find a league where there's not two or three guys that are 
you know, lockdown, solid, known players. Right. Um, so anyway, so kudos to you, Rob. But 22nd, I mean, that's that's really good uh, this early in the season. I hope you can hold on to that uh, and build from there. Yeah, I hope so. It's like the, it's the one team I'm leaning on right now to give me any faith in fantasy baseball. So. I... <laughs> uh, you, you got plenty of time. You got plenty of time. That that and my auction team are are, are, okay, are carrying. Okay. They're, they're carrying my faith right now. And, well, and... you know, it, as somebody told me once, you're better off having two great teams and a lot of mediocre teams than having, you know. 10 average teams you know okay right that really doesn't do you much good it better to do everything right on one or two teams what about 10 above average teams you know i'll take that that could you you can do that too if you want if you can (laughs) if you can figure it out i'm i'm happy uh we'll we'll put it on the podcast next week uh, how you get 10 above average teams (laughs) (laughs) yeah cool awesome todd good work good work yeah i love uh I love writing. Uh, I love reading your article every Monday. You know, checking it out. It's uh, I do my, you know, I do my own little digging. Obviously, yep. when yep. you know when you see your fab results that night, and then uh, it's cool to see some added stuff between your article and people posting stuff on Twitter. And um, you know, it, it's awesome. I think it's good. Uh, it's good to get around. You can see the league. You know, they're still growing. You know, you yeah, can yeah, see no, extra great. league this year. So you know, the more if 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 this podcast and your article brings, you know, one or two more main event players a year, well, that's cool. Right. You know, I agree. I agree. Yeah. I'm hoping, I'm hoping to generate interest. So I yeah. got a story, I got a story for you this week. Rob. Oh, great. I love so it. What it's, do you got? Not a, it's not a long story, but I, I did want to tell it because, you know, I got a little flack last week for not having a story. Um, <laughs> so anyway, uh, when, when I'm, this goes back to maybe the early two thousands, um, a friend of mine from upstate New York came down. He's a big Yankee fan, and he wanted to take his his uh, four year old son to Yankee game. He'd never his son had never been to Yankee Stadium, of course, or even in New York City. So he's four, maybe five years old, but he's really young. So we 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 got on the subway, the, the number four train from the Upper East Side, and the kids' eyes are like as big as saucers, right? Because <laughs> He's never been on the subway. He's never been, you know, he's from upstate New York near Rochester. He's never seen this many people in one spot. You know, he's on the subway and he's going, well, you know, do you think we'll be able to see the stadium when we get out on the, uh, of the subway? And he's right. asking all these questions. And I'm like, yeah, you know, it, it, it's, it's, there's going to be a lot of people. It's pretty big, you know, and he goes, well, do you think it's going to be as big as where I play T-ball? And I said, you know, I think, I think probably it is going to be as, as big. So, you know, and, but he, he, we get out and he's holding his dad's hand and we get to the stadium and, you know, he's just like, his mouth is wide open, you know, and we, yeah. we go through, you've, you've had this experience. You go through the opening, it's a night game, the lights are on, there's lots of people inside, you know, it's, and then all of a sudden you break out and you see the whole big expanse of the stadium and, and the players on the field, and he, he just stops dead in his tracks, right? And his mouth drops open, and he just stops where he is. And he looks at me, and he says, this is as big as where we play T-ball. <laughs> <That's crazy. laughs> that, was, that was his one comment. So yeah. And then later in the, in the day, he said, 
there must be a hundred people in here, you know? So it was just fun. <laughs> Kids say the best things. Yeah, they I, know. Really I, do. I don't know if you've ever had the experience of taking a little kid who's never yeah. been to a major league game to a game, but it's, it's something that's just so fun. And uh, I recommend that anybody, even if it's not your own son or daughter, uh, do it because it's just, it's just a great experience to have them there for the first time. No, oh, yeah, it's it's really the best. It's um, I've heard so many different things, you know, with either it be like, uh, like you said, a kid, a uh, first experience there, even an adult, you know, like yeah, sure, sure. someone, e- either someone who's always been into baseball and never went to a game and right. it's just amazing, or someone who's just even not into baseball, you know, like. Um, I know I drew my wife close to the baseball, like when we went to City Field and she was yeah. like, can we go back? You know, like, like oh, you like that? You know, it, it, yeah. it's, it, it's cool because you don't know how people are going to like it, you know, Definitely. and and it, it's just great. I always love to see that reaction. But children, you know, always even even foreigners, you know, I have I have family from Australia and Italy. And when they come to visit New York, you know, and, you know, that's part of the experience. Oh, let's take them to a baseball game. They're, they're like, what's what is going on like they you know it's <laughs> yeah. not only is the game foreign but they just can't believe like you know most of my cousins are like this game's too slow for me you know you know but that's just that's just you know but yeah i love that it's just it's a great experience i just recommend it for any you know i know a lot of our listeners are big baseball fans but uh you take somebody to a game that's not really uh you know into baseball as much as you are and you'll you'll really enjoy it yeah, absolutely. That's a very good point, Todd. But we're not going to get out of here without you asking, answering some questions, oh, too. All okay. right? You're not off the hook because of the story. All right, real quick. <laughs> if you were a villain, a villain or criminal mastermind, what would your calling card be? I was a villain. Um, or a criminal mastermind. Criminal mastermind. I think it's got to be developing a really good maniacal laugh. I think wow. that's always, I think you got to go with that, you know, because that's pretty, pretty in, intense right there. Yeah, you got to be specific. Mean, you know, when you when you have the uh, the hero down and out, you got to go with the big laugh that that indicates that you're really crazed, you know, and capable of doing anything. So I think criminal mastermind. That's that's what I I'd have to practice in front of a mirror, but right. I think I think I'd go with that. I love it. Fantastic. So you're like a, you're like a, um, a, um, a Jack Nicholson uh, Joker fan. Yeah. 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 So, you gotta, yeah, yeah. Because he, a mastermind, he doesn't care about the consequences. He just cares about getting right. the better of, yeah. uh, of somebody else. Laughing the craziness into others. I like it. <laughs> yeah. Right. I like it. All right. One more. What set of items could you buy that would make a cashier really uncomfortable? <laughs> what could i buy let's see how about like a rope an axe and a shovel you get reported todd you wouldn't be writing for sp streamer anymore there'd be no podcast michael simeone is probably gonna get rid of me after that but yes i think those three items yeah the cops would meet you at the car yeah, yeah, or or you'd have a gun pointed in your face or something. <laughs> yeah. People are very like. There's a lot of TV shows that show what what tendencies and you know 
people have to show and things that items that people have to buy to, yeah, right, to show right. that. Yeah. 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 Especially if you don't look like you're, you know, um, like an outside, uh, you know, expert. Right. 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 Yeah. Like I've seen you in person. I, you know, you don't look like you're, you know, going to go climb a mountain and, and like live in a, <laughs> you know, like live in a tent for eight days, you know? So the act in a rope would really have to be for specific things. <laughs> but. Yeah, I think I think it would get get reported to the local police at least. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, fantastic work, Todd! All right, awesome. Thank you for your awesome work at spstreamer.com. People can Thank find you. Todd on Twitter at Telestar Seven, and again, his article comes out every Monday on spstreamer.com. He goes over the NPC main event fab report and um yeah this was great todd it's uh cool to see the season progressing um you know all everything's coming together you know we're back yep. to the point yep. where hyper hyper analyzing every single thing we can and trying to guess what means something and what doesn't mean anything right right it's but, always uh, difficult but i'm looking fun. forward to having your name in the top 20 of the main event uh, next all right week. i'll try i'll try i'll try okay Okay. All right, Todd. Fantastic. See you next week, man. Thank you, Rob. Okay. All right, folks. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Poor Hitter Podcast. Hope everyone enjoys it. If everyone finds this podcast valuable at all, please hit me up on Twitter. Tell me feedback, anything you could do better. Greatly appreciate it. Every week that I get um, a message from someone that I don't know, um, either telling me that they like the pod or it's helping them or that they're new to fantasy baseball or new to NFBC. Um, it, it, it's cool, you know, so it means that it, it's resonating with people, new people, um, you know, continued listeners. So thank you so much for the support. Um, got some new reviews and feel really good about that as well. So thanks everyone for that. And if you do happen to leave a review or rating on um, Apple Podcasts or Spotify, please let me know. You could screenshot um, a picture of it and send it to me on email, um, which you can find in the show notes and or or on Twitter and um, at PullHitterPod or at DeadPullHitter. Um, yeah, and um, I'll try to get you some uh, PullHitter swag. Got some stickers and magnets available if anyone wants to represent so, again, much appreciated. Thanks for listening, and hope everyone is doing well and not being big bags of shit. Later.